Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. As you know, we've been doing an ongoing series with my guest this segment, Scott Friedson. He's a longtime regular on the program. I really love his work. He's is one of the leading authorities I have found when it comes to all things insurance adjuster issues and problems. People out there who have terrible things happen to their home, they buy insurance to protect their home, and they're utterly disappointed with the hassle and the results and uh, when they deal with their insurance company. And so I really am a strong believer and uh, have seen too many horror stories when it's come to people who have tried to deal with insurance companies without someone like Scott in their corner. So love to spend my time with Scott I am Kevin Price. You are listening to The Price of Business. And uh, at the end of this segment, he'll wrap it up with more information about how you can learn more about him. Always love having you on the program, Scott. Uh, Really one of my personal favorite and show favorite. And one of the ones that we get questions about uh, between your segments. So uh, you you bring so much to every conversation. Let's get into the topic of what's going on here in you and I are both located in Texas, though we cover stories all over the country. Really interesting story going on right here in Central Texas. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, hey, Kevin, good to be here. Um, got a special little segment here I've already planned out for you. I don't know if you heard or not, but Austin, Texas, got a really bad hailstorm about a week ago um, right down the I-35 corridor from Georgetown into Central downtown area, Austin, including the UT campus. Um, One of the biggest storms that uh, the area has seen uh, in a long, long time, Uh, they're estimating 27 uh, million in damages just to the dealerships in Round Rock. Uh, They're still waiting on the reports for um, the rest of the damages, but uh, we're seeing hail damages up to five inches in diameter, hailstone size. The minimum threshold you're looking at to do damage to a composite shingle is about 1 to 1.25 inch. So this is going to be widespread damage. Um, It is widespread damage. You're talking windows, gutters, siding, shingles, um, all all kinds of, you know, fencing, lots and lots of property damage. And the the claims have been pouring in, and this uh, show is about the do's and don'ts before high – I'm sorry, let me say it again – the do's and don'ts before filing your hail damage claim. Try saying that 10 times fast. So we, it's interesting <laughs> It's interesting because we we've been getting a lot of calls from people about wondering if they should file claims. And, you know, in the past we've always said, hey, file your claim promptly. But nowadays policies are so confusing between the jargon that's in them and the, uh, the size of the deductibles now on hail and wind that uh, we're advising people uh, to make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze. In other words, um, the, the first, we have a hit list here of do's and don'ts. The first one is to understand your policy and your deductible. Um, it's really important that you understand if you have a cosmetic exclusion or not and how it's defined, as well as what your deductible is. Many of the deductibles we see on commercial as well as multifamily properties have a percentage deductible. It's also very common with uh, residential properties as well. So, for example, we had a client uh, ask us, you know, well, should we file a claim? What's your deductible? I think it's 10000 Well, we looked at the policy, and it's actually $100,000. 
So the next step is we want to make sure to confirm there's actual physical damage by inspecting um, the, the roofs and verify weather data as well as collateral damage. And what I mean by that is, you know, we'll, we've had clients come up to and say, well, our, our, uh, our um, maintenance person uh, doesn't see any damage on the roof. Well, you cannot see damage on a roof unless you physically go up, inspect it, have a trained eye to look for what the hail damage actually looks like to confirm whether it's hail damage or a blister or something like that, uh, improper installation, manufacturer defect. There's lots of things that might appear to be hail damage. But we use these um, these components to determine whether or not a policyholder should actually file the claim. So. Part of the weather data, obviously, to make sure that um, the hailstone size at that particular location is basically some confirmation that it was large enough to damage uh, the type of, of building materials on the structure. So that's number two. Number three is to then determine whether a repair or replacement cost exceeds your deductible. So, for example, later today, we're going to look at some hotels to determine if the damage exceeds $100,000 and it's worthwhile. So if we determine that it's it's going to be $125,000 to replace this roof, we're going to advise the client not to file the claim. It's probably not going to be worth, the, worth their while um, for a Delta of $25,000 uh, to turn that claim in. I, I imagine it will be, though, because of the size of the hail in the area is far more than just the shingle damage is what we anticipate. Um, mm -hmm. so, after, so basically what we're saying is you need enough information to make an educated business decision, right? And so once you've yeah. done that, then you need to file promptly, put your insurance company on notice. Um, we got two more due tips, and that is if your insurance company gets an engineer, you should get an engineer report from an expert who does not primarily work for insurance companies. That's very, very important because insurance companies rely on expert opinions from third-party engineers. What policyholders don't know is that a lot of the times if you just do a Google search for, you know, hail inspection engineer, engineer that does hail inspection reports, a lot of the um, engineer firms that only work for or primarily work for insurance companies will come up. So the last thing you need to do as a policyholder is to engage an engineer that does primarily their work for insurance companies. Um, with the hope that they're going to, you know, go against somebody that pays them thousands and thousands of dollars a year to write opinions for insurance company. Um, and the, yeah. the, 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 the last number, you know, last probably the most important thing is if you find yourself in a claim where it's contentious, um, you're being ignored, it's very large or it's complex, do not wait to get help. Um, I call this stage the hope stage, and if the hope stage is quickly dissolving into, like, desperation and frustration, um, I strongly encourage uh, the listeners to reach out to uh, our, our group, ICRS Public Adjusters, um, or any, you know, really good public adjuster with, with extensive experience in this, in this arena and get assistance from a licensed, uh, very reputable public adjuster that doesn't uh, have an eye towards litigation and has a track record for settling claims without uh, escalating yeah. too far. Um, so those so are the, that that point of transition to the next stage. I want to you 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 put a lot out there, so I, I'm going to try to play a little little catch up at race questions. So yeah, that, sure. I think a lot of listeners are going to ask. Um, I think it's really important though that that I want to add here. That uh, this this kind of is kind of a weird game I think going on 
between the client, the customer, and the insurance company that I don't think customer realizes is happening yet until it reaches gotcha stage. The entire time from the very beginning, the insurance company is looking for reasons to either reduce what they give you or not do anything. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about the importance of being cognizant of that. You talked about once you get out of the hopes uh, that they should uh, respond. To me, it seems like as soon as possible before you begin engaging, if you've got a substantial claim, you should be talking to professionals to help you right from the very beginning. Absolutely. I always say the bigger the claim, the bigger the fight. And, you know, I, I get, I don't blame people for that, you know, hoping because they, these insurance companies spend millions and millions of dollars on advertising, pontificating that, you know, they're going to take care of you in your greatest time of need. But the reality is that these are for-profit companies and they have lots and lots of tricks that they like to use to underpay and delay your claim. Um, so that's actually uh, my eight sneaky tricks insurance companies use to underpay and delay your claim. Um, would you like yeah. to hear that list? Yes, go real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, what I like is a little pause so I can engage with you. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so you know, one is a repair versus a replace scope and price. Um, just because you think you can doesn't mean you should. In other words, a lot of times they'll, they'll have an opinion, well, you can repair that. Well, it, it's not so simple, especially if you, there's a warranty involved, if their material doesn't no, no longer uh, is manufactured. Um, you know, you have a replacement cost policy. You don't, you, 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 when you have a replacement cost policy, you expect a full replacement of your roof system, and it is just that, or siding, or whatever. Um, another little sneaky trick they do is excessive depreciation. Um, we just had a, a property that was like, you know, eight years old, and they applied a depreciation as if it were 20 years old. And unless you've got a trained eye to look for how the, how depreciation is being applied, um, you, you know, you, you may be uh, 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 profoundly disappointed in the amount of the payout that you receive from your insurance company. Uh, a third little trick they use is an old price list. In other words, um, it happened in September, um, and they just use a September price list. But let's say it takes you two or three months to negotiate a, uh, uh, the claim, an actual settlement, and in between that time, there's been price increases, which you can, you can, you know, it's a pretty safe bet that prices will increase um, because of supply and demand, and there's already a lot of demand, and, and there's been several price increases uh, this year on just shingle costs alone. So it's really important that that gets adjusted. Um, another thing that they use is they'll use an unlicensed contractor to form an opinion. And this is also very important because a lot of policyholders fall into this trap where you have a relationship with a contractor that you trust, and the insurance company says, well, we can get it done with somebody, with somebody that's cheaper. Well, you know, that, that person, um, one, is not a party to the contract. Two, the policyholder has the right to use any vendor that they want to use as long as it's reasonable, okay? Um, and three, you know, I would always ask for the, the, um, the certi certifications and uh, uh, references of any third-party contractor that an insurance company is, is putting in front of a policyholder. You also have to be concerned about warranty and follow-up you know, follow after a um, repair replacement is completed because things don't always go perfect. When you're doing, uh, when you're rebuilding or repairing property, so 
that's that's important. And then um, along those same lines, you'll you'll have them seen trying to do competitive bids. And again, you know, an insurance policy is a contract of indemnity, and you know that means that the that the, the policyholder should be paid at fair market price. Fair market price is a mm-hmm. willing buyer and a willing seller under no outside pressure strike a deal. The moment that an insurance company tries to put your 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 project into a competitive bid, that is by definition a scheme designed to drive down the price. So, you know, can you get that stuff done cheaper? I'm sure you can. I mean, you know, there's lots of ways to, to cut corners. But at the end of the day, this is your property. Uh, you, you spend a lot of money on insurance. You worked hard to, to accumulate assets. You want to make sure that the job is done done right. So yeah. going back down to the list, um, here's another one, a sneaky trick, is erroneous engineer opinions. And what I mean by that is I can't tell you the countless number of engineer reports that we reviewed over the years that omit a legitimate damages, such as collateral damages, um, actual damages that we conceive with plain, plain, you know, plain as day, unambiguous. Um, they omit weather data. Uh, we have one report in particular where the, an engineer said that they pulled a report and found no evidence of any hail occurrence in the last five years at this location, and in that same report shows a two-inch hail occurrence at location within the last six months. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll look for stuff that's within a time period that is not within the time period where the um, the occurrence happened. So, in other words, let's say we've got a uh, a September occurrence. Well, we looked from January through August and couldn't find any any hail occurrence. Well, that's because the occurrence was in September. You have to include that month in your search when you're writing these opinions. And unless you've got a trained eye to look for stuff like this, it's very difficult to find. Um, one other one that I find uh, to be quite frustrating and insulting is when they try to double deductible for a something like interior damage when an exterior claim has been filed. So for example, you've got hail damage and um, you've got that's that's claim number one. A couple months later you see that there's some interior damage and that's called ensuing damage and um, then they try to file a, as a second claim. And that's not a second claim. If not for the first occurrence, which is hail, there would be no interior damage or the second, you know, in the ensuing damage and is not to be treated as a second deductible. Does that all make sense, Kevin? That was a lot. I'll have to process that. But, yes, uh, uh, that's, that's a lot there. Obviously, people need to uh, feel free. Uh, some people on the radio, some see this or hear this online. Make sure you recheck that out uh, because this is a lot here. Uh, very important, though, and, and again, it's like a bad game show, and the reason why it's bad is that, uh, you know, at a good game show, at least the guest uh, comes out neutral. He doesn't come out injured, uh, but in this game show, often the customer gets out injured. Why, you know, we say things like, if it's, uh, if it's an expensive claim, you know, contact a professional. We do both say that. The reality is, is often you don't know until retrospect whether or not it's an expensive claim because you don't know how to really make a claim. They, unfortunately, have professionals lined up to do just that. So that's why I encourage people, someone like Scott uh, and his company, give that website one more time as we wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Um, you send us your underpaid, delayed, or denied claim, and uh, we'll give you a 15-minute complimentary consultation. 
to tell you how to get it settled, uh, that website is www.insuranceclaimrecoverysupport.com. Again, it's insuranceclaimrecoverysupport.com. All right, very good. I am Kevin Price. You're listening to The Price of Business.